Hello, hello. It is the Nolcast. Welcome back, as always. Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode. As always, we will thank our friends at Tarpon Cellars, a great wine company that we've been fortunate enough to pair with so long. I will circle back later in the episode as a real professional, as I have a nice piece of information about Tarpon Cellars, and I don't have it in front of me right now. One of their wines was just named one of the 50 best wines in the world. So tarponcellars.com, coupon code Nolcast, um, not just a random wine company, y'all. Fantastic uh, wine that's had some great results and uh, people that we are always fortunate to be able to partner with. So, Bud, uh, you were fortunate or fortunate enough, you were kind enough to do the Louisiana preview by yourself. That's out there for our Nolcast listeners. If you haven't seen it otherwise, would point you in that direction. Tonight, just going to be a little bit of a shorter show. We're going to talk about uh, – little recruiting, talk about our prize picks, which are always a fun conversation, and we'll just see where this goes. We are recording live on YouTube, so if you hear us uh, reference people in the chat or answer some questions that we don't otherwise, that you're not familiar as to where they came from or what conversation we're having, uh, be aware of that, please, for our podcast listeners. But uh, thrilled to talk to you as always, my man, and uh, from here, here we go. Yeah, man, no doubt about it. Let's do this thing. Uh Obviously, guys, go check out. If you want to know more about Louisiana, I thought that was a, a pretty fun episode. Uh, and, you know, like, shout out Jay Fitz for helping us out there. Out of, oh, now I'm really going to say it's KACTV, I believe, in, in Louisiana. Uh, Mike Myrick, shout out in the chat. Anyway, that, that was a good episode if you wanted to learn more. Louisiana is a, a solid team, um, but obviously a team that Florida State should be able to take care of uh, if they handle their business. And honestly, if they don't handle their business, they should still should be able to take care of them. It just might be a little closer, but I guess we will get to our, uh, you know, our prediction later on in the show. I wanted to start with a little bit of recruiting. And one thing I'm really happy to say here, dude, is that, you know, last year when the staff kind of got punked a little bit on signing day, we were asking like, Hey, it, is this it? Are, are you just playing out the string? Right. Like, like, I mean, we think Mike can coach. Can this staff recruit? And ultimately, I think we are seeing some results here uh, and we still have some questions, which is fair. Right. So here's here's my thoughts. I think now the question is, can you go from good to great? And I don't think we're going to get an answer to that down the stretch this year, because as we've explained, so much of this stuff is already sewn up well before signing day. You know, if you finish the season strong, if you're able to finish on, on a five-game win streak, that's pretty solid, right? You take that into the offseason, all these kids get really, uh, I find comfort in any voice. I, I love that on the chat. You know, the, these, these kids are excited about Florida State. I think that's a big thing. You do have to go w- win the next two. Uh, but there's some specific kids here I, I think we want to talk about. Like, who... So I, I got a couple of just names outlined. Um, the first one I want to talk about, though, is the name that makes me not concerned about 2024 recruiting. And I've said this for a while. I came on this show after FSU Elite Camp and said the damn thing. I said, look, guys, was I worried when Chris Parson decommitted? I was not. A lot of y'all in the scrolling chat were, and I'm not scolding you for it because you're not necessarily there at some of these events, and I am. Crowman Hope outplayed Parson. It was not close from a physical ability and performance standpoint that night at FSU League Camp. 
Now, Croman Hoke's rating on 24-7 sports has been adjusted. Andrew Ivins, who does a tremendous job, by the way, just, I mean, that dude's got to have like a billion Marriott points, just how much he is on the road. He, he works his butt off. And he was like, I, I told him, I said, hey, this kid has some real juice. Like he was considerably better than Parson was at FSU League Camp. He's like, all right, I got to get up there you know, to Benedictine and see him. Because, of course, Park, or uh, Kermit Hoke last year was a safety slash receiver as Holden Gariner uh, was starting. And Holden Gariner was an elite 11 kid who signed with Auburn. I'm pretty sure Kermit Hoke's better than Gariner was already. Like, I just haven't seen both of them. So, it's high praise for me, but I'll, I'll stand by it unless something really weird changes. He's having a nice statistical season this year as his first year as a starter. And now he's a top 10 quarterback on 247sports.com. And if you read the write-up, Certainly room to go up as well. That's uh, It's too early to call it a hit for the staff, but it sure ain't a miss to this point, right? Like the, the trajectory is only up. So I wanted to point that out. That's why I've not been worried about quarterback. If Jordan were to go, I think you'd have pretty good success going to the portal if you needed to for one year, and, uh, and then Luke gets there. If you want to go the high school route, I think it would be very interesting to see if they get Brock Glenn in for a visit. And I think it's certainly possible, right? Brock Glenn is committed to Ohio State. And we can sit and say, hey, what's wrong with you know with, with going to Ohio State for two years? Getting developed. Best case, you start for Ohio State, which is basically like an automatic first-round pick if, if, if Ryan Day coaches you, right? Uh, worst case, you've been developed for two years by Ohio State, and you hit the portal. When Dominic Rayola comes in, the you know, number one overall player in the in the uh, 2014 or 2020 2014. Wow, that's a long time ago. We have been doing this a long time. The uh, the 2024 class, you know, he comes in, maybe he leaps you. Well, guess what? Schools are still going to regard you really high if you have been developed by Ryan Day in that system. Um, but ultimately, I, I do think if you're the Knowles, you do want to start bringing in high school quarterbacks to develop them within your own system. And I I expect them to take a big swing still at Brooklyn and and you know say hey like. We told you that this offense had real potential. Tony Tokars has never stopped recruiting Brock Glenn. And uh, it would not shock me if they get him down for a visit, man, ultimately. So I'm fairly uh, optimistic here about the quarterback position. For Obviously, I'm I'm optimistic about Luke. I'm somewhat optimistic about Brock Glenn-ish. We'll see. And if they did lose Jordan Travis, which I'm not convinced they do, again, not convinced. I think there's a real chance he comes back. Just depends on how things go what the NFL feedback is, you know, if the NFL, if the NFL feedback is, Hey man, you don't throw with anticipation and there's some throws you don't make on a consistent basis. You're probably a practice squad guy. I mean, NIL is legal now, right? It's what I've heard. Coordinators are making a mill. Got to think quarterbacks can make, make a, make, you know, 400, 500 something, right. That they're, if they're a real difference maker. And I think in college ball, he kind of is. So, I'm feeling pretty good tonight about the quarterback position overall for the Knowles. I really am, just all around holistically. If Jordan left, don't you think there'd be some guys beating down the door for you? Maybe we'll get to that later in the show on potential transfer portal guys. Not that I know Florida State's going after, but dudes who, if I was a GM, would make sense to me. Uh, next guy. I have to say I love the recruiting segments of our show because I literally work with a national recruiting expert and <laughs> – I'm just going to let you handle these moving forward, dog. I mean, I'm, I'd like to give my opinion every once in a while, but I have no reason not to let you dominate this part of the show. So please take it away. 
Are you want to weigh in? Do you like Cedric Baxter still? Yeah, I think he's pretty decent running back from what All I understand. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're 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 in agreement there on that. <laughs> uh, I've just got my eye out to see if they can still take another swing at him. When we talk about guys that you might be able to finish with down the stretch, who are our difference makers, that's who I'm talking about, right? Like a, a Baxter, maybe a Glenn because of the position that he plays. That the running back from Edgewater, if you guys don't know, who's committed to the Texas Longhorns. Um, Look, you got a big back in your backfield right now, and, and, and Benson, who is doing a nice job, looking better and better every single week, right? And, uh, you know, that's that's not a bad thing to showcase. We covered that after the Miami game. I, I think I would just kind of copy-paste my thoughts after the Syracuse game. We'll have to see. I, I think they'll still be competitive uh, for him down the stretch, certainly. So that that's one I would look for. Again, that's not a guarantee that they get him, uh, but uh, it's certainly a – a possibility. Other stuff here. Are you worried about Keldrick Falk at all? Because I, you can't be real to me. I, it's a little bit concerning if you're a Knowles fan that he took the Auburn trip on a night that was basically like a movie for Auburn. Mm-hmm. Like the, the way they played that up, they had all those former alumni there. It was kind of like their last two raw at home because they had Western Kentucky this weekend. By the way, I took a little Western Kentucky on the money line to beat Auburn. Uh, it's just like the ultimate kind of let down, look ahead spot, and Western Kentucky ain't that bad. But um, that was a pretty epic atmosphere there, and he is from Alabama. And a lot of the chatter on Twitter, again, not my thoughts, just reading some tea leaves here from Twitter, is uh, they have a pretty, uh, pretty serious war chest at Auburn, and that is maybe enough to make somebody leave Ole Miss for Auburn as a head coaching you know, move in division. If that's the case, there's not that many guys that Auburn's involved with that they could actually dump that on. And uh, he's a good player, and he's from the state of Alabama. So, Yeah, I said on uh, the, our previous NOLCast, I don't have any inside information here. This just concerns me from, a, from somebody that's been passionate about recruiting since they were eight years old. This fits a lot of the historical uh, – you know, if if you're an out of state school recruiting a, a guy in state in a in a passionate state about football, historically this fits the parameters that of which you could start to be a little bit concerned and follow. So, uh, and now that you have a uh, nil element added to it, or at least an above the table uh, portion of nil added to it, it's it's all the more uh, concerning. But coaches have a good relationship here; have done a good job. Uh, Tennessee was a concern earlier. Auburn is more now. Um, I don't think it's nobody's waving a right a white flag by any means here. It just uh, matches some of the some of the canaries in the coal mine that historically have uh, have gone poor. So, all right. So, uh, Damari Brown, obviously, you know, pretty nice DB there. I think Florida State will still be involved with him. Probably a couple other high school DBs that they will look at down the stretch. They they still have Otto, the offensive tackle from Key West. I'll be interested to see how Stanford closes their season. Do they make any moves with David Shaw if he actually makes that trip out to Stanford? That's always kind of one of those offers where it's kind of hard to gauge where you stand against that. I mean, Key West to Stanford is about as far away as you can get <laughs> in the United States, but we just don't know because it, if you're comparing football to football, it's not the same thing. And I I don't know the kid well enough to know, like, hey, would he like Stanford? I mean, Pretty much everybody goes out there, kind of likes it for the most part. It, it's it's in a bit of a bubble, you know. It's a it's a beautiful campus, that that type of thing. Most might be the most under like valued undergrad degree in the country. I mean, it's exceptional. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, so again, I got, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're in a great spot for him or not. I just don't actually have a good way to know that. Um, Bud, your background looks like an OnlyFans. I'll pay, but tone it down. <laughs> I, you know, hey, like these are mostly provided by uh, Cover Three and Noldcast listeners. Um, I'm probably going to do some shorts on these on um, on my IG, but I like college football. But uh, this one actually was kind of cool. So this one, this is if you guys are are uh, listening to us on podcast, you can check us out on YouTube. This is Eddie Robinson's 324. Back before his record was recognized, as far as I understand it, Coke still made him a celebratory bottle. Uh, so that was kind of cool, you know? And Florida State does not have one of the Coke bottles of that side. They have some of the newer ones, and then they have some of the cans. But as far as I know, they don't actually have one of, the, one of these uh, because of the timeline in which Coke was making them. So... Maybe I'll start like a shelf for the odd, like the set Washington, uh, when the Huskies won in like, was it 90? Uh, they, they have a gigantic, like huge, uh, seven up bottle. Remember, it's like a 40 ounce of, of seven up. It, it's, it's hilarious. Um, okay. So what else do we need to talk about here? Um, let's transition maybe to transfer port a little bit, but first let's talk about the legendary team. Because those dudes get it done. Legendary team of Chad and Shannon. Tremendous job. 844 FSU loan. It's 844 FSU loan. I've used them twice, right? And look, guys, it's just, it boils down to this. They're going to get you the best rate you possibly can. They're going to do it in a timely manner. And they get back to emails faster than we do. Uh, they <laughs> For sure. They, they, they're professional. <laughs> and you want to chat a little bit, little bit FSU. Back when FSU was kind of sucking. You kind of you know commiserate with them. Now you can you can kind of celebrate with them, with how well things are going, and uh, and those dudes are as diehard FSU fans as I know. So, eight four four FSU loan is the number to call. Obviously, like may not be the perfect time for everybody to buy a home, but if you need one, you're going to need a loan unless you just got a ton of cash. And then if you do, congrats. Uh, but even so, may not be the best idea to use all the cash on homes. So you might still need a loan. So, yeah. Uh, Oh, Pat Forty gave me some love in the College Ball Inquirer. Okay, cool. That's a, a competing podcast, I guess. No, I did not hear that, Jason. But I, um, so I manage our podcast network at Twenty Four Seven Sports, and I every morning I get up and and like three x listen to about six or seven team shows, and then try to give some feedback for the shows that need it. Like, I don't give a lot of feedback on the bench. Those guys do a great job. Like. You know, inside Carolina is kind of autopilot at this point, but there's some that need a little more, a little more work to get where we want to get. But I'm, I'm pretty proud of the, uh, of the network, you know, and whatnot. Anyway, transfer portal talk. So let's put this question on the screen. Uh, we had this. I think it's from from Prince, right? And he said, uh, Norvell has to be big game hunting to replace Verse, Fabian, Jamie, Deloach, Benson, and Jordan if they go, or even Wilson. How many transfers do we take? It's a great table setting question here, and I really appreciate. Prince asking this uh, um, because a it gives us a chance to discuss who we think goes pro and who doesn't right I think first goes pro if I had to guess at this point Fabian and Jamie obviously got their senior role invites which means they at least got some kind of favorable uh, you know, draft feedback and both those dudes are you know fairly old obviously Fabian has a kid I don't know if, if Jamie has a kid but like Deloach I don't know that he goes pro Right. 
Uh, I don't know if Jordan goes pro, to be honest. I don't know if Benson goes pro. You know, like there's a good number of guys in this team. Obviously, Wilson just signed with Rising Spear. Again, that's not an indication that he's going pro or not, right? Verse just signed a deal for a car that was, I think, somehow affiliated through Rising Spear. Uh, and yet I still think Verse is going pro. So I think for everybody who says, hey, Wilson signing definitely means that he's not going pro, we don't actually know that, right? What we do know is that it means Rising Spear is taking care of Florida State athletes when they get on campus, which is a tremendous thing for Mike Norvell and his staff to be able to sell on the recruiting trail, right? It's a nice little proof of concept in-house. Would it hurt? No, I'm not an idiot, right? <laughs> like it probably helps if you do give him an NIL deal to get him to come back. I think obviously if Jordan goes, you need a quarterback. If he doesn't go, I don't think you take a transfer quarterback. Part of the running back discussion as far as transfers is going to come down to, do you get Cedric Baxter? Does Benson come back? Does Treshawn Ward come back? Right? Like Treshawn may, may want to go for it. I've heard that. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I don't think you have any receivers go pro who have eligibility left. Right? Like Pittman. Pittman has been a nice pickup for you. He's been better than I thought he would be. Just in terms of competitiveness. He's not been a diva. Like Some of the kind of whispers you heard at Oregon have not materialized here which is great. And I don't think Wilson's going to go pro at this point unless he just you know, has insane final two games and and is going to run better than I think he'll run at the combine, right? Uh, so that's a hell of a, uh, that's a hell of a, of a group coming back in terms of, you know, is it, is it good as like Ohio State? No, but it's still like one of the, uh, one of the better receiving core, I think. Right, uh, in the ACC, at the very least, and and like if, if some of these young kids develop, if Hakeem comes in and is able to give you something in year one, right? If if McLean is able to take some steps forward, he has some physical ability. You know what? What if what if Williamson actually like stays healthy for more than two games in a row? That that could be something. I think we all saw that what we had in Boston College, right? Probably, I think you probably take a receiver in the portal if I had to think. Um, We'll get to some potential targets that I have in my mind. I'll just I'll play GM. These are not like from FSU. I'm just saying like like nationally, just some guys I think will probably be, if not on the move, at least targeted. Um, what else? Tight end. I think you got to take a tight end. I think maybe you got to take two. You know, I, I like us us saying that was a, a bad room is holding up. They're winning, oftentimes in spite of the tight ends this year. So. Um, Maybe you go get a blocking tight end and a receiving tight end, or maybe you get the total stud if you can find one. They typically are not available in the portal. Yeah. You know? I see uh, the name Jaheim Bell being thrown out, seeing that on Twitter a lot, and saw that two or three times tonight, just in the uh, now four times in the chat. Uh, that is a, a wide receiver. That is a tight end uh, prospect at South Carolina. Uh, hasn't gotten as much play as he has previously. Part of that's due to some kids that they – took in the portal. Um, I know that that's a popular name. We'll just have to see. I don't have any kind of inside information on that. That is uh, something that you'll see a lot on Twitter. And as we mentioned, seen a lot tonight on the chat. Uh, would seem a decent fit from um, from afar, but I, I think that you want to, well, we all want, you know, we all want the everything, right? No, we all want somebody that can, that can pass, uh, pass block, run block, and, and be a threat in the receiving game. And I don't know necessarily uh, – 
Bell is a, a very intriguing receiver from the tight end prospect, but Florida State has a couple of those on the roster already. I, I think you want a little bit more of a complete prospect in theory, but you know the coaches may evaluate that kid totally different than I do. Uh, a little bit more of a, a tight end H-back than maybe necessarily your true traditional tight end prospect. I agree. I mean, like I, I think that's in it. I mean, since we just talked about it. So think about this, right? South Carolina's offense, I, I rate them 77th in the country. That's a bad offense. They uh, aren't like they're that bad, and yet they still really don't use Jaheim Bell, which I think speaks to an interesting quandary because clearly he's a player with some ability, but not enough ability to where they actually make it a priority to get him the ball. Does that speak to is South Carolina poorly coached on offense? Probably. Their fans talk on Twitter all the time about firing their, their coordinator. So, yes. But also, he's it's not like Jaheim Bell is so damn good that like it is clearly imperative for South Carolina to get him the ball. In fact, instead, the OC, and I watch these press conferences every week, he's like, yeah, we got to find a way to get Jaheim the ball. He just kind of says it, but they don't actually do it. I guarantee you, if you rank 77th in offense and you have a, like a future NFL stud and you recognize it, you're not just saying we need to find ways to get the ball. Like you're trying to do it a lot. And Jaheim Bell this year only has 22 targets in 10 games. So, yes, he's a popular name on Twitter. Yes, if he entered the portal, I think maybe there would be some interest right? Because he does have some unique abilities, but they're going to need a tight end who can block too, man. And if they can get one guy who can do both, that's clearly the preferred thing in my opinion, because Jaheim Bell doesn't really block, at least not from a traditional tight end position. We'll see. Maybe you take two tight ends. I think it's, uh, it's possible. Um, all right. Tackle. Yes. You're going to need a tackle. I'm going to tell you guys right now, all these schools out there want tackles. This is going to be a much tougher year to get tackles in the portal than last year was. And last year was tough, right? You got Bless Harris. He got hurt. He got Turrentine. He's actually been a helpful pickup because everybody got hurt. This year, I can think of multiple big-time schools off the top of my head who are losing both tackles, and they will be in the market for tackles. I'll just start in the Big Ten. Ohio State. Loses two first-rounders. Mm -hmm. Their backups right now are not grading very well. That means Ohio State is probably going to be in the portal for at least one, if not two tackles. Penn State very well could lose both starting tackles. Here we go, right? Like, let's just go down the list. Georgia, I think, loses two, but there's a replacement on the roster, as we all know from this summer. I think everybody's pretty familiar with what went down there. Does Florida lose a tackle? I think, right? Uh, Miami clearly loses two Campbell and Nelson, although Nelson really hasn't been playing. There's a lot of teams out there that are losing tackles. The fight for tackles this year will be big time. I don't have a whole lot of tackle prospects on my list. So when we talk about, you can't build teams through the portal or you rather, you can't win championships through the portal. You can supplement your high school recruiting tackle is clearly a position I'm talking about. The elite impact tackles are very rarely available in the portal. Because when schools get them, they develop them, and they pay like hell to keep them. Even if it means they're paying like hell to keep the player for, to be a backup for a year so that they have an insurance policy for the next year, which we've seen happen, right? So you're, I think you need a tackle. Will you get one? 
We'll see. Probably need an interior guy too. That I have a little more optimism you could probably go get. Defensive line, you're going to lose Verse and Fabian at this point, I expect. I think you probably need to take at least one D tackle, if not two. Um, probably don't take anybody at backer. DB, uh, I think you need to take two, most likely. So, potentially a running back, receiver, tight end, two offensive linemen, two D linemen. What is that, nine? Nine, and I, I, again, I don't have any inside information on this. I think that as of three weeks ago, you might well have tried to grab a kicker as well and you may not as uh, i wouldn't may not that. be as much of a priority at this point you may but uh it may not be quite the pressing issue that it was no but tight end will be a rob scott's not going pro by the way like i don't care what mock draft out there says like rob scott at this point not only is he not a first rounder he's not an nfl player yet like I, if rob scott went in the draft he would not be drafted hmm. okay at this point in my opinion like he needs to have a healthy year where he actually plays well consistently in my opinion, I just yep. like, I, I think he would probably get a non-drafted grade at this point based on what what I've seen. Um, Keith Gordon in the chat worrying about where I find a nine spots. Um, Well, I think that you're going to see more transfers out than, uh, than people think. Yeah, uh, that's a... That's going to be true across the board. Um, if you're not familiar with my man Bud Elliott, there he's got a great short out there from a couple of week, a couple of days ago. I'll try to find it and retweet it through the Nolcast account. We could probably but, play it on on the show. Yeah, I think that's content that we have the right to uh, to repurpose and play on this podcast. And if you've got it readily available, I would uh, love to throw it out there. As a lawyer, I am saying we're using this for uh, for, for news commentary. Good. So if I get a uh, C and D from CBS. I will call you and uh, we'll we'll hash it out from there. I don't know if you've seen any uh, um, anything recently, but uh, pretty sure. I don't think uh, I don't think they're policing a lot of rights on YouTube at this very moment. Mm. Okay. Uh, make sure that's coming. Hold on, just a second, guys, and we'll play this. Oops, sorry. Here we go. Uh, uh there's some Toefilly transfer talk in the chat. I'm not sure where that's coming from. I would be very I surprised. Got by it. That. Who signed before last year are seeing the huge. Can you guys NIL hear this in the chat? Recruits are getting yes, like quarterbacks getting more than a million dollars a year. We'll, we'll let Many it. Many current start players didn't get that tag as recruits, and they'll want to test their value on the open market. Two, and pay attention here: the 2021 recruiting class is finishing its second year on campus. This class was impossible for schools to evaluate because visits were limited or banned due to COVID. And some states didn't even play oh, high school football. In Beautiful. some ways, it was like blind dating. A lot of recruits ended up at schools that, quite frankly, they're much better than and will look to move up. While others probably aren't good enough to play where they signed and they'll look to move down. It was mismatched evaluations on both sides and the portal will help things find their level. Two reasons why college football could have the craziest. 
All right. So you guys heard that. That was cool. Uh, basically, yeah. Like, can they find spots? I, I definitely think so. Right. I mean, I, I, I can think of like two linebackers, two defensive linemen, two DBs, probably at least one, one like non graduating tight end, uh, probably two or three offensive linemen. I mean, heck, I, got, I don't think Toefilly transfers, but I think that what would you set the odds on Benson, Toefilly, and Ward coming back? Like ten percent. I would say like two percent. Okay. I would say like 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 I mean close to. I'll give you twenty five to one that not all three are back. Okay. Fair. I mean, like you know what I'm saying. So there's a spot there. Who knows? Like, what about quarterback? Does Rodermaker stick around if if uh, if Duffy has a good spring? I don't know. Yeah. Right. I think that if they need to find spots, they will find spots. Or does Duffy stick around if uh, if Rodemaker's still there, and maybe you have some some last minute success at the recruiting position in uh, in twenty three, as you referenced about ten minutes ago. So sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Some something to watch. Absolutely. I don't think you're going to have a problem with the numbers, guys. I, I just don't think that's going to be an issue. As, as we just said two minutes ago. You're going to see a lot of traffic in and out at uh, damn near every program this summer or, well, starting as soon as three weeks from now. Uh, so we'll I see. I think it's starting now behind the scenes with every school. They just officially yeah. can't do it. Yeah, um, and, and even you're starting to see some kids uh, officially announced as well. Um, yeah. Do you want to it, talk some names here? I can do I, – I got a couple. I actually got like three pieces of paper. So we, we, we can – these are just names I've been jotting down. The uh, show prep tonight. The, Cliff notes of uh, Jimbo's offensive offensive sets over there. <laughs> Did you see my joke on Twitter that, that he needed a uh, he needed a trapper keeper? Yes, yes, absolutely. With, with, to, to, with all all the papers and stuff, I think the streaks don't come in though, man. They're they're going to score thirty points this weekend with UMass coming to town, and that mm. will that will break Jimbo's streak of not uh, uh, not scoring thirty points in an FBS game since uh, October twenty third of twenty twenty one. Well, good. That's good to see that streak end. All right, so quarterback-wise, again, at this point, I don't think you're going to be in the market for a quarterback. I think Jordan's going to come back. That's just a guess, but right. Uh, Curtis Rourke from Ohio is a total stud. His brother is probably the best quarterback in the CFL right now. He did get hurt, unfortunately, last or Tuesday night, I think it was. So that sucks for him, but he's definitely uh, a dude. Uh, Michael Pratt, who is from the state of Florida, by the way. Uh, he was balling out tonight for Tulane. It's a 35-7. Tulane. I gave out Tulane minus three, by the way, on the cover three pod, if you guys are interested in that and like money. A um, couple FCS kids that I've got to actually keep to myself because I'm, I'm making a reel on it. And like, I don't think I'm giving away any state secrets by saying that Rourke and, and uh, Pratt, if they were to enter the portal, yeah. might be some hot targets. That's just kind of common sense. They're among the best in the G5. Uh, and they also have like, it's not like a gimmick offense type thing. They actually have some physical skills as well. Uh, offensive linemen, we could probably skip for now. These are just names that I had written down. I actually need to like pull up their clips and watch them. Uh, now, on the receiver side and tight end side, uh, I actually think that uh, – have you watched Coastal much this year? A uh, little bit earlier in the year. haven't watched them as much. I think the last Coastal game I watched was uh, their Georgia State game, which is maybe week four or something like that. As you know, I watch a lot of this this G five stuff. Um, they got this kid Brown at receiver, mm -hmm. who has like juice, juice. 
And uh, obviously, like I know Jamie Chadwell. I think he's a good coach. Hope he gets a, a, a job this year. I mean, if, if Georgia Tech can afford him, maybe. But that that kid's a dude. And I think is is uh, he, you just watch it and he's just too fast for that level. Uh, so that'd be a name maybe to watch. USF, if you guys have watched them. Remember Travis Trickett? So Rick's son? I got to tell you, man, Travis Trickett's done a hell of a job at USF. They're actually down nine starters on the year on the offensive side of the ball. And yet they're still scoring some points. Like, He's going to be a dude on a fired staff that gets a look, I think, to to go somewhere else. Anyway, uh, the Weaver kid at USF has some real juice. There's actually a couple a couple dudes on USF who have some real get like real go get. So if you need a receiver who can really go, uh, Chat's asking about Clint. No, not Clint. Travis. Travis, who was the OC at uh, school in Birmingham, not Stanford. Sanford. Um, that's the name to think about there. You know, another name I thought about that a dude who I think actually has a little bit of ability to play. I just don't know if he's got an extra year. I, I haven't been able to figure out the eligibility thing. What about Takis at Boston College? He was a mm. tight end, right? He played down at Gulf Coast High School in Naples. Shout out 239. He signed with Notre Dame, former teammate of Dylan Gibbons. Uh, he's a more of a blocking type tight end. If he hit the market, I think like a, like a one-year dude at tight end could make a lot of sense, right? Uh, obviously, FSU needs some tight ends who are willing to block. Uh, what do I have here? That is actually not that. Anyway, um, yeah, like USF has has some stud receivers. Obviously, Coastal does as well. Boston College has a couple kids, as I mentioned, uh, Takis, but also some some receivers. You know, we'll we'll look at it. Um, let's talk defense because here's where you're going to need some real transfers before we do real quickly. Uh, yep. let me thank our friends at Charlie park, Tallahassee's best rooftop bar, Charlie park. Uh, Charlie park is a favorite of Bud and I's long since been a favorite since they opened up, uh, as we are fond of saying very much recommend, uh, that you get reservations if you're going to be there. So whether it be this week, whether it be coming down for the Florida game, uh, make sure, well, whether it be any time you're in Tallahassee, but particularly here as we wrap up the uh, the football season, make sure you get in touch with them, get a reservation for a Friday night cocktail or uh, going up there post-game Saturday or uh, for their legendary crawling brunch that they offer on uh, Sunday. So charlieparkrooftopbar.com, uh, the best rooftop bar in Tallahassee and uh, proud supporters of the Nolcast, or at least that's what they tell us. So big shout out to Matt and his team at For the Table Restaurant Group, and we ever so appreciate their support of the Nolcast. Absolutely. Okay, uh, an another name here to keep in mind at receiver before we go to defense. Jamari Gassett at Buffalo was a dude that I remember seeing at a seven-on. I was at here in Orlando. He had already signed with Buffalo. I didn't realize that. And uh, I think he was like a late qualifier type. That was an epic ad read, by the way. It really was. Look, he already signed with Buffalo. He has some real juice. He actually got hurt, hadn't played like the last game or two. But I think that kid's a power five kid. He was teammates, I believe, with Treshawn Ward in high school. Hmm. Just a different, not the same graduating class. But I think he's a dude who, if he had, you know, COVID class kid, obviously, right? So 
I'm of the opinion that like a lot of these dudes who are in that class of 2021, which I define as, as the COVID class, I think a lot of them were probably just, it was very hard to evaluate for schools because it was like what you wouldn't blind, know. The blind dating out. analogy is more than apt and very appropriate. Yeah. Uh, no. um, oh, the other reason why I think you'll see big transfer portal classes everywhere is because now there's no real limit on incoming players. You're just limited by the 85, which is why like FSU, I'm sure, had certain kids on its roster that it wasn't really sure should still be on its roster, but they had to keep them around because you can only bring in so many. Now you can bring as many as you want as long as you find space. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I listed off like 12 guys who are not graduating who I think probably don't have a, a path to playing time in Tallahassee. So. Can I uh, pour water on one defensive idea out there and sure. please label this as the uh, love-to-be-wrong category? I don't have any inside information here. Uh, Thank you, bud. Uh, But I do think I'd have a pretty good idea as to if this was in play. I don't know where the Marvin Jones Jr. stuff's coming from, y'all. He's playing at Georgia. He's playing a decent amount. They're very happy with him. Nobody wants Marvin Jones or Marvin Jones Jr. or any member of the Jones family in Tallahassee more than myself. Right now, I think that's a whole bunch of straw grasping on – on Twitter. And hey, you know, let's let's grasp at stalls for as long as we have on Twitter and uh, and enjoy what may be a, a, a <laughs> the waning days. We'll have to see whether or not that's actually the case. But uh, as of right now, I think uh, I think the Marvin Jones Jr. stuff is is just kind of uh, just off season or soon to be off season social media talk. He has played in every game so far for them, I think. Wait, uh, wait, did he play one, two, three, four, five? They had a bye week. They had a bye. I think he missed one game. So he played 10 snaps against Tennessee, eight against Vanderbilt, uh, three against Mississippi State, five against Auburn, eight against South Carolina, six against Oregon, three against Sanford. Like, not only is he playing, he's going to avoid a red shirt. And he got taken care of last year, y'all. I, I just don't I'd, – I'd love for it to be true. I, I think that's just some uh, – just some some Twitter wishful thinking at this point in time. Apparently, Miami fans think he's going to Miami. Ask well, Miami, Miami fans. Miami fans think they're going to sign about 19 kids this year mm-hmm. that were like the best players in the country. So did uh, we'll did, did Mims ever visit Miami? I can't remember that ever mm. transpired. Yeah, I, I can't either. The, I think the next time he visits Miami might be the first time. So, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, well, it's tough, I, man. I, when, when you get nil and nli confused, uh, you know, it, it can be challenging. So I'm just saying, like, you know, there's. Uh, Last time they went up against Georgia, it didn't end so well for him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, although I, they got James Williams, who did say that this is the year Miami would be back. Yeah, I just like what he meant was take a step back, not actually <laughs> back back. All right. Defensive guys staying on Coastal. Coastal's got a nose guard who is in absolute beast mode. Uh, again, COVID class kid from Massachusetts. He's like 340 pounds now, runs really well. If you guys like, if you guys got YouTube TV and you like what I do is I put on NCAA football as the category and I just hit record all because it's unlimited DVR space. So I can go back and watch if I want. Um, well, actually I, I have coaches film my phone, but if I didn't have that, I would use this more like when I'm on the road, I, I look at both, but look, man, um, this guy's a beast. He absolutely won them. The Appalachian state game shutting down apps run game. Like that's a dude that if he were to go in the portal would be an extremely high demand. It's just, like it's very obvious he's going to be an NFL guy. Uh, here's a couple other names that are grading really well at the group of five level who have some connection to the state of Florida. 
right? Uh, again, Josiah Stewart at Coastal is the dude I was talking about. Uh, have you seen Jaquez Evans at Western at Western Kentucky? I have not, bud. No. Okay. Well, I was watching. I was watching Western Kentucky film this morning to determine if the Rice quarterback is actually hurt or not, mm-hmm. because I had to do my bets for Cover Three, and ESPN was using a remote crew to call this game. So the Rice quarterback gets smacked by Evans, and then Evans picks up the fumble and returns it for a touchdown. And because they're on a remote crew, there's no like sideline. Uh, reporter and it takes the broadcast crew like several plays to realize that that rice's quarterback is out of the game and like i'm trying to watch this back to figure out if he's actually hurt or not but there's no like hey he's in the tent or he's not in the tent right mm-hmm. because they're probably back in bristol connecticut doing the call which is fine i get it like it doesn't it's not great business to send a crew all the way to western kentucky but Jaquez Evans is kind of a beast. If you guys want to, you can watch him this weekend when they play Auburn at four o'clock Eastern time. That's probably an SEC network game because like they do like the ACC thing where they do the the weird, the weird schedule times. So mm-hmm. that's a dude. Uh, I've not actually watched this kid very much. Jordan Garad at FIU is another COVID class kid. So you know, just again, I think guys were pr- it was very hard to evaluate kids when you couldn't see anybody in person, and you know. Anyway, uh, he consistently makes like a lot of tackles for loss for them, and they suck otherwise. Like Willie Taggart, his quarterback this weekend, uh, Nkosi Perry, had his hand wrapped up. He threw for 100 yards on 22 passes, which is horrid, and they put up 52 points because they just ran all over FIU anyway. Um, the the Jordan Garrod kid is not that bad. So, yeah, I, just something to to watch out for there. Uh and then Gabe Jackis, you familiar with him? No, I'm not. All right, let me pull up these stats here. I was where, where, where's Gabe from, just so that I can... Where, where, where do you think? Is he from Western Kentucky as well? No, he's actually at Illinois. Oh, okay, he's from the state of Florida. I, yeah, I guess but, that's what you're saying, yeah. But again, yeah, I mean, he... Right, so he's a freshman. Again, he's from Fort Pierce Central, uh, mid-season All-American on the 24-7 sports freshman team. No, oh, this is the uh, this is the end you're talking about. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of a beast, yeah, yeah. man. Like, yeah, yeah, he is. Um, he is, I, and I know there's a lot of talk about this kid. Again, I don't claim. To I'm know not saying everything. he's jumping the portal, and well, like, there is a lot of talk about this kid out there. Uh, I, I, it makes sense. Certainly, it, the the his historical patterns are there. Well, we'll see. We'll just have to see if if there's anything actually there. I agree. Like, it's a big time if also. Illinois has Big Ten money, so it's not like they need their boosters to pay their coaches. I'm sure they could just nil this kid if they if they wanted to. Like, I, this is yeah. kind of why people are like, "Oh, look, just go get this kid from the Big Ten. Like, right. you guys, have you seen the size of the check the Big Ten gets? Well, you need, uh, and, <laughs> and you just kind of reference it here. You need this guy's coaches to leave if you're actually going to get him. You need this guy. You need a coordinator to take a head coaching job. Ryan Walters, like yeah, the, yeah, the the yeah, exactly. Like, look. Again, I have no idea if he's going to leave or not. I'm just when I do this logically for this show, I'm thinking, okay, dudes who are either at the G5 level, who you might have a connection to because you like you at least offered them coming out of high school, which a couple of these guys you you looked at or I know, or they're from the state of Florida, mm-hmm. right? Like that, those are things. Like people are like, oh, go get this kid from, from Fresno State. I'm like, do we have any connection to Fresno State here? Not really. 
like is is he going to probably go to USC if he goes anywhere? Yes, like that that type of thing. So that was me the first to... five weeks of the year doing prize picks, watching the Mountain West, being like, you know, this we did, man. Swarov yeah. was pretty damn good, uh, did, and I'm like, well, proper. He is from Washington State, no tie to Florida State whatsoever. But well, let me write this oh, name down. Pretty uh, speaking, speaking of Washington State, uh, Renard Bell, the Washington State's best receiver, is finally back this weekend as they travel to, I think Arizona State. Uh, information right. that we all need to have undoubtedly have you seen uh, Devin Azaraku at Boston College again uh, just I thinking have. like if something happens there that kid's kind of a stud I think he has a, a year left <laughs> there you go that is a connection yep uh, very well done Logan uh, and then um, two other kids here who are from Florida who would make some sense the McMurray kid at Temple right is somebody I think to keep an eye on very productive, not really a believer in Temple's defense overall, but it just kind of makes sense that if he hit the portal, super highly rated guy with some size in the G5, obviously. Uh, you're going to need two safeties most likely if Dent goes pro. So I think you could look for some uh, for some G5. By the way, I think my favorite G5 defensive coordinator is Chris Hampton at, at uh, Tulane, and they just had another uh, sack fumble tonight, and they have – absolutely dismantled some really good offenses this year in the uh in the american so <laughs> fantastic man fantastic that's, that, that's a great comment from yes. keith uh, well, the other kid here and this is important right and i think this actually is a legitimate like if i was running fsu i would target this kid if something goes down so kid named aubrey burks you guys know where auburndale is i assume kind of central florida he uh, he plays a lot for West Virginia. West Virginia obviously might fire their uh, their their coach. They fired their AD last week, so mm, yeah. generally not a great sign for for the coach. But Neil Brown's still coaching. Aubrey Burks plays really hard. He's a versatile safety. I think he can cover enough to play safety in the ACC, but he also is a dude who can go down uh, and uh, and and play in the box. Oh man, I think Mordecai's hurt by the way for. Uh, for SMU, if you guys are live betting at home, I'm not because I'm podcasting and watching the game. So it's 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 a little much to juggle. Also, it's not legal in the state of Florida. So anyway, uh, look, man, Aubrey Burks would be a name just I would keep an eye on. So just some dudes, maybe with some connections to the state of Florida or some G5 guys. I hate doing this, honestly, but these kids aren't on contracts. So they're the portal in, in three weeks is going to be absolutely insane. Auburn, Dale, Florida. There's some... Uh... I have an Auburndale story I can tell you. My historical Florida there. State brain is turning. Is that was there a defensive end like Chauncey? There was a big time defensive end like twenty years at Auburndale that I'm Chauncey oh. Davis, Chauncey something. Is, is I'm blanking yeah. on it, but he's a big big about. recruit at the time. Oh. Um. So Auburndale actually is just outside of Lakeland. Mm-hmm. When I played for Fort Myers, we played Auburndale in a road game in high school that our coach want, like he wanted us to prep for playing far away road games because he thought we'd make a deep playoff run, which we generally did. So I remember going up to Auburndale. It's uh it's pretty country, you know? So anyway, uh, Oh, uh, blue boy, the realist in the chat, his nephew is number 48 for, uh, for Tulane. So cool, man. Anyway, that's, uh, that's most of what I got for the transfer portal stuff. Like, I'm sure there'll be a lot more guys who jump in. I mean, FSU literally has a lot of full-time people whose job literally is just to evaluate the portal. Like, 
if you come into work and FSU right now, they're like, hey, find us some more high schoolers in the 23 class. Like maybe one guy's doing that. Most of these dudes are probably focused on portal at this point. And, um, you know, that's pretty much what I got on that, man. Are, are we, we need to do prize picks. I know we're supposed to be a 45 minute show. As always, we're going way over. Chauncey Davis, dog. That's there you go. Is. Okay. Class of 2003. Uh, that is a strange little file that my computer of a brain put somewhere. But uh, number, as a Juco prospect, was the number four uh, prospect in the country after ultimately landing at uh, Florida State after that. So, Derwin James is from very near Auburndale, by the way. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about prize picks real quickly, bud. Let's do so. And as a seasoned gambler, what's the most important thing in gambling? It's not, not just like winning. It's actually making sure you get paid out folks. And I'll tell you that I've, uh, I've been a little bit easy on my action the past two weekends, just cause I've been too busy and haven't been able to dive deep into it, but I did decide to, uh, take a payout. Uh, and I can tell you that it happened like disturbingly fast, wonderfully fast, not disturbingly, disturbingly fast. fast. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, like, I, also, I prize picks is not gambling. Of yes, thank you, sir. Thank you. My, when I do daily fantasy pick them, uh, I want to make sure that I can get my money out. And uh, I was pleased to say that it was, uh, you know, I, I, won't, I won't say instantaneous because I don't know what everybody else's experience is going to be, uh, but I was blown away and quite thrilled by how quickly. I was able to get my funds. Now, Bud, what if I were to tell you that you can now get a 25 multiplier through prize picks? Would that I've be something this. that you're interested in? I would I would be interested. Yeah. Did you Especially, see that email that they sent out? And then did, did. You, did you see the last sentence in it? Uh no, I just uh it certainly looks like we're getting a, a 30 a 30 times flex Friday this weekend. So how does how does a 30 multiplier sound to you? That feels like somebody else is going to be doing doing preschool pickup, man. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing some lineups here, right? I mean, Liam, you can get yourself to school. Dad's got to mm-hmm. fill this. Got to fill this card out. Uh, yeah. How's that after school program do? All right, like that that cost me like what twenty five an hour for after school prize picks, thirty x multiplier. I mean, it's just economics, right? Simple so, economics. Yeah. So, as always, want to remind you that NOLCAST will get you the initial deposit back. Uh, you can find the link to prize picks uh, in our episode notes. Uh, almost every episode, they are in there. And again, a uh, whole lot of fun uh, and a experience that this year has been exceptional for me. Not only wonderful sponsors, but uh, can't tell you how much of a better feel that I have for the broader landscape of college football having participated this and it's not just college football y'all if you want to pair you know maybe two college football bets in an NBA uh, an NBA pick them and you know maybe some other uh, sports out there you can do everything from you know the NBA to esports so I can promise you you can hybrid your card up as much as you want and uh, they've been nothing but fantastic for us and pretty sure you'll have a similar experience is there anything that uh immediately jumps out to you on the card this weekend. It's a little bit of a tricky weekend with as many kind of setup games, I'll say, for for next weekend. So you're not sure exactly how long people are going to be out there. I will have to be exceptionally uh, selective with how I put my card together. But anything that jumps out to you at this point in time? 
Yeah, so we, we should note that the FSU lines are not posted yet. It's also uh, SEC SOCON Challenge Week, which is right. where they play all these like these FCS uh, games. Um, so generally, like my process, I think about the games that I, if if I was to bet on something, I might uh, uh, I might bet the over on right because that could suggest there's a lot of scoring, or maybe I'll bet or maybe I'll take some unders uh, or less fewers right uh, in games that I think may, might uh, might go under. I'll also caution you guys that we have a lot of wind this weekend, including uh, in this Buffalo game, which is coming up. And it's kind of weird to have a Mac game being played, uh, you know, on a non-weeknight. But, and there's no lines posted for this. They're expecting three to six feet of snow in Buffalo, and they moved the NFL game to Detroit to play in the Dome. But there's no such luck for Akron at Buffalo. So if, if that does pop up, just, you guys need to check the weather uh, a good site to check weather, by the way, is weatherstim.com slash FBS. That's what I use to just quickly check what the weather is going to be at time of kickoff for all FBS games, you know. Uh, but generally, just think about games that might be high scoring. Think about why they might be high scoring and how that generally, like, how that might play out. Uh, so Sam Hartman in his final home game. I could see him throwing for 300 potentially. Like he, I think something's been wrong there recently. Uh, Dylan Gabriel is only 250 in a, in a game in Oklahoma. That I think might shoot out this weekend potentially. Looking at some other things here, we'll post our official card. Obviously, uh, 30xer for for six uh, six selections is pretty wild. So we'll have to do that and then throw out. Maybe maybe we'll throw out a couple this weekend. I, I, I'm down to do that most likely. Absolutely. But yeah, I I uh, I've not fully dove in on the Prize Picks card. Uh, I think we nailed the stuff for for Jordan, right? And we covered that on on the Monday recap from the last show. Uh, I will. I'll give you one here. Devin Mockaby, you familiar from uh, from Purdue? He Not ran, sure that I am. No. Uh, running back for Purdue, he ran wild on, on Illinois last or last week, and uh, you know, uh, he's not bad. And Northwestern is exceptionally bad to the point to where they're. I was reading their one of their Purdue site, and they're like, "Hey, uh, they're kind of just trying out a lot of guys right now." Like, that's not necessarily a formula <laughs> that works when you're trying to win football games. And both their quarterbacks got knocked out. So, if Purdue gets up big, this Maccabee kid might get a lot of carries. You might see him in a couple cards for me. Okay. Uh, come, you know, especially with the wind. Predictions, or what? What else do we have tonight? Yeah, we can hit uh, predictions real quick. Make sure that I don't uh, miss over anything. Um, yeah, I haven't seen the line for this at all. I really twenty four. I think. Okay. See. Yeah, I've been kind of. I don't. I don't want to say disinterested, but I. I like. I feel like a lot of the fan base has probably started to look more towards next Friday uh, than this game. But yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to go 38 to 38 to 10 on this game. I think that's fair. Um, so I made it uh, 37, 13, which is not an actual football score. Nobody, nobody like 37 is not a number that lands. So I will go uh, another pick, by the way, for Chris Hampton's defense. Looking pretty good here. Uh, Chris Hampton is somebody who I think is going to be a power five coordinator very soon and also a, a good recruiter. So definitely somebody that I, I would guess Tulane's going to have a hard time holding on to just given how, how well they've played 
Last year, ignore the Tulane numbers, they lived in a hotel in Birmingham for quite a while after the hurricane. So kind of a weird season uh, for them. Anyway, my score prediction, which I should get back to. Apologies for watching the, uh, the game while I'm podcasting. It's probably unprofessional. And we'll make sure you give us a five-star review on iTunes for the one jerk that's going to give us a one-star for commentating on a, 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 a week where we're playing Louisiana and I give you three podcast episodes. Well, bro, Appreciate you guys you got, joining uh, us live. You know, 4,000 reviews or something. I think we can probably <laughs> absorb one or two bad ones. So, uh, we'll Fair be enough. We're, we're not, we don't really encourage that, though. All right. That's true. Thank you. Um, I will go... I'll go 38-14. How about that? Okay. It seemed seem fair, I guess. So, um, if what was I, 38-13? Something yeah, like that? Like this so is so hard in, to predict because... Like, so, when, when you're going to do something like this, how long do they play Jordan? Right? How long do they play the other guys? Mm-hmm. You got, like, fourth string C.J. Campbell in to the game against Miami. Uh, how long do they play Benson? What what kind of defense do they want to play in this game? How much does Verson Love it play? Right there, there are so many factors here. Louisiana is reasonably competent, and if you pull, if you put the second stringers in early, I could see Louisiana scoring, you know, seventeen. Maybe they score twenty late. Especially like what, what if you're up forty five ten early? Mm-hmm. And it, this is a hard game to predict. It's not something that uh, that I really want to you know to to get into a ton. So I'll say thirty eight fourteen. I guess I don't see a big edge here. We'll uh, thank our friends at Congruity, as we are fond of doing. I'm actually going to place a call to Matt Lewis tomorrow about another project that I may want to rope him in on. So Matt is uh, fantastic, brilliant, and somebody that I personally have had nothing but um, wonderful experiences with. And uh, as I'm fond of saying, I've brought him in on my uh, in my business here in Atlanta. He's helped uh, Bud and I in our small business, and he's helped six or seven Nolcast listeners currently with a couple more that we are soon to announce. So give them 10 minutes, talk five minutes of ball, five minutes as to where you may be able to further optimize your business. But congruityhr.com is the website. And as we're fond of saying, uh, there's nobody else better out there to work with. And this dude happens to just be a diehard Noel as well. So uh, we have built a pretty remarkable little uh ecosystem of uh, Seminoles, supporting Seminoles and, and congruity and, and Matt Lewis is uh, but another example of it. So we always want to thank them for their support of the Nullcast. No doubt about it. Shout out, Matt. Uh, I think that's pretty much all I, all I had this weekend, right? Yeah. Uh, my phone died while we were doing it. So if there's anything else from your text that I missed uh, that we did not cover, let's throw it out there. But uh, I think this is it for now. Uh, next week we'll, we'll, obviously be a little bit different we'll uh you know do the instant reaction or uh we'll do a reaction on saturday um and then i'm not sure we may just do one show that's kind of a uh a uf preview I, depending on how this game goes you don't think we need to do an instant we may, reaction to louisiana well we may do a, a reaction to louisiana but we're not going to do a it ain't gonna be instant we're gonna, not going to do a 45 minute review on monday night at louisiana no so uh we may just do a tuesday uh podcast that serves as both but uh regardless of what it is we'll certainly do our best to get you as prepared for the friday game that we're all excited about and uh, hey let's end this uh season on a high note it is nice not to suck again in the world of college football and uh this this season's been a hell of a lot of fun so there we go my man uh we'll see y'all later
All right, y'all. Thanks so much for the support. Thanks for those of y'all that were in the live chat. It was a hell of a lot of fun tonight. Like and subscribe.